Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time newton group transfer they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. 
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be such an awesome day. I'm as excited today as I normally am about Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, which is tomorrow. It's the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have an actress getting fired, Gina Serrano. People on the right are mad. People on the left are happy. What should you do about it? I'm going to tell you what you should do about it here in a few. We have somebody calling for, I know you're going to find this shocking, violence against the right. We have Biden, China, conflicts of interest. It's going to get uncomfortable today. But first, as long as we're talking about China later on in the show, as long as we're going to talk about communists and communism, as I often do, and the mentality there, because you and I must understand the enemy, otherwise we will never defeat him, allow me to go back into something I did. I believe it was last week. Remember last week, Chris can get the date for me, where I did Mao. I told you about how Mao came up. And because there's so much to his life, I mean, you could do... You could do a hundred shows on the on the you know probably the worst human being to ever walk the planet, almost undoubtedly the man responsible for more death than anyone else, at least in his own country. But we did you know Mao's rise and how Mao came to power, and that was kind of just that was the show I wanted to do. And I woke up today thinking to myself, you know, I kind of was going to go a different direction, and I see people you know about, about this actress getting fired and. People on the right are mad, and the left, the left are kind of happy, but they're still upset. And it made me think, you know, we really need to talk about what happened after Mao took power. Because we didn't get there last week, or not really. You see, Mao, Mao was a sadist. There's no question about that. So we always have to keep that in mind. Stalin was too. And I mean like personal sadist. It's one thing to order somebody murdered. It's one thing even to order somebody tortured, which is obviously gruesome to think about. It's another thing entirely to want to be there while it happens. No, 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 no. Yeah, I want to kill him. I want you to go kill him and I want you to torture him. But really what I want I want to sit there and watch so I can hear him scream. You have parts of you missing that are supposed to be there if that's where you are mentally. I mean, you can can make a U.S. president. Every U.S. president orders the death of somebody. Hey, uh, uh, go drop a bomb on there, please. Well, you just killed someone. And yes, it is different than ordering someone's death and watching it and enjoying while you watch it. And remember, from Mao's rise, he figured out he liked violence. He liked to be in the presence of violence. And remember, when he came up, he was fighting Chiang Kai-shek and the, and the, and the nationalists who were capitalists in China. And it was neck and neck. I mean, there was a long time the nationalists looked like they were going to win. But then... The whole Japanese invasion thing happened. 
Maybe you've heard of it. 1931, Japan comes storming in, and the nationalists and the communists joined forces as much as possible to fight off the Japanese. We are going to circle back to that, so keep that in mind. After all, the Japanese were the greatest threat to China, right? All right. Move to 1945. We're at the point now where Mao has run the nationalists out of the country. The nationalists have fleed to Taiwan. That's where that whole thing comes from. The, nas- the, the few remaining nationalists fleed to Taiwan. And Mao and his Communist Party is in control of China. Mao looks around. Mao has a three million man army. His army has Soviet weapons and the support of the Soviet Union. They were not best pals. I can't stress this enough. Mao and Stalin were not best pals, nor could two men like that ever be friends. Men like that don't have friends. Stalin thought he really should be telling Mao what to do more than Mao wanted to be told what to do. There was a a very loose alliance there. Stalin, however, was not an idiot. Stalin was keenly aware it was a big win for this communist thing to have communism take over the biggest country in the world, the most populous country in the world. That's that's kind of a big W. 1945, they're tired of war. Three million man army, Soviet weapons, and they choose to brawl it out at the end with the nationalists who in 1949 quit and go to Taiwan. And that's where we are now. War is over. Mao is in charge. But pause for a moment and think about the smoldering ruin Mao is in charge of. Do you remember how this started? Don't worry if you didn't hear the last show. You can hear it for more details. But you remember how all this started. China had all the emperors Then that went away, and it was warlords, and then there were nationalists, and then there were communists, and then Japan invaded while the nationalists were fighting the communists. And and then remember the gigantic flood we talked about? The greatest natural disaster ever. That was two or three weeks ago. The Great China Flood of, uh, what was, uh, 19, I forget the exact date of it. One of the greatest in the history of the world. Millions dead. Think what China looks like by this point in time. You have a massive civil war. You have a massive outer war with Japan. World War II with Japan and everyone else. Then you have famines. Then you have floods. Then I mean, you have to think, if you're living in this 30, 40-year period of time, you would be 100% convinced, if you were a Bible-believing Christian, that these are the end times. It's the apocalypse, right? My gosh, war, famine, disease, it's a disaster. Mao takes over a nation that is wiped out. They are dead poor. They are dead. It is terrible. And if you just... I have so much sympathy for the Chinese people, then and now. The the normal people, not the dirty freaking communists, but the normal people. Talk about the absolute worst thing in the world that could ever have happened to you when your nation is on its knees, ruined, like I said, by war, famine, disease, just everything's terrible. A true believing communist takes over your country. 
And Mao takes over China, looks around at the smoldering ruin, and decides, well, we, we need to do something, right? And by something, meaning everything. Mao didn't want to be in charge of a poor country. Mao wanted to be in charge of the greatest country in the history of the world. China is a very peasant farming place at this point. And Mao says we must industrialize. And in order to industrialize, that takes what, everybody? Money. Well, China didn't have any of it. And what China does have is worth nothing. Horrific inflation, as you can imagine, with all this death and poverty and war and things like that. Horrific inflation. One of the first things Mao does, he outlaws private farming. Not only does he outlaw private farming, remember this about communists, and I'm going to say this a bunch today, remember this about communists. Communists are always agitating, always recruiting new support, always moving forward with the destruction. One of the first things Mao did was, after he outlawed private farming, well, he needed some new recruits. How was he going to get them? He was going to get them in a very, very, very dark way. I'll explain how. Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. I know you don't want to quit dipping tobacco. I have been there. I know exactly what it's like. It sucks. And the only thing worse than not wanting to quit is wanting to quit and not knowing how. I'm about to tell you how to quit. If you want to quit, I can tell you how. It's called Jake's Mint Chew. It's nicotine-free. It's tobacco-free. It's even sugar-free. There are 11 different flavors for long cut, seven different flavors for pouches. They all taste great, and it will help you quit. I know. I'm a dipper. I'm telling you this works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 20% off your order. Jakesmintchew.com, promo code JESSE. America's cultural Marxists, America's communists got an actress they hate fire, Gina Serrano. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on locals. I'm going to put up a little video later on today on locals talking about this. But Mao needed some new recruits right away. What did he do? Well, he outlawed private farming. Sure. But Then he took the land owners, the guys who'd previously owned these lands, and he had the peasants who were working the lands for the landowners. He had them 
essentially become his police force, his judge and jury, to put the landowners on trial, to drag anybody who was considered bourgeois, any landowner on trial. Executed about two to three million people. Oh, Mao's just getting started. Mao's just getting started. Two to three million people. And now his peasant army, they feel empowered, don't they? But Mao still is in this point where China has to industrialize. Mao doesn't have money, but Mao does have grain. You know, anything you can farm, China has it. Decides this is about a time we need to start something called the Great Leap Forward. What is this Great Leap Forward? Well, we need more grain. Because we're going to sell this to other countries because we need equipment. We need military equipment. We need modern stuff. So we need a lot of grain, okay? A lot of it. And there's more to the Great Leap Forward than this. It's just I don't have time to get into all of it. Well, we need need a lot of grain. So here's what we're going to do. All of you who used to be farmers and whatnot, well, none of you own any of that anymore. You're not allowed to. But here's what I'm telling you you're going to do. I'm not asking. You're going to come live on this gigantic communal farm where you're all going to live in little houses we've built for you because we're generous communists. We're going to feed you. We're going to tell you what to do. We're going to tell you when to do it. It won't be bad at all. Don't worry. You're going to be taken care of. And I promise everybody's going to be equal. But I I am going to need that grain. And uh, the clock is ticking. I'm going to need it really, really soon. Oh, wait, you guys on this communal farm, you're not producing enough grain. Looks like we just shaved another hour off how much you're allowed to sleep. Oh, man, you're you're still not meeting your numbers. You know what the problem is? The problem is this kid. You know what? All these kids, they're really slowing you down. They're not contributing. Okay, all, all the kids are going to have to die. Oh, buddy. Looks like your back hurts. Oh, you're you're 65? That is slowing us down. You're going to have to die, too. Oh, I'm sorry, young lady. Congratulations. You just got married. You're in your 20s. That's awesome. Ooh, pregnant, huh? Well, we're... We can't be having a pregnant woman slow us down. You're going to have to die, too. And... Not only are the people forced to work. I mean, we're talking like six hours of sleep every two days. That's that's as good as it got sometimes. Sometimes it was three or four people would just die from exhaustion in the fields. Well, they're taking all the food these farmers are growing because, remember, this all belongs to the state now. The state owns every industry, and all these farms belong to the state. It's not as if you're out there growing corn or whatever and you're grabbing a couple years of it for yourself. No, they'll take it all and go ahead and try to smuggle some in. They'll murder you for it right there in the fields. Well, the people start to go hungry. You have hours and hours and hours of forced physical labor. You need a gargantuan amount of food, not a tiny amount of food. You need a lot. Well, you're going hungry And that means you're getting weaker. When you're getting weaker, you're not working as hard. When you're not working as hard, you're not producing as much food. When you're not producing as much food, you're going even hungrier. Are you seeing the cycle we're going on now? And I can't stress this enough. 
This is not a couple hundred people on a communal farm. It's not as if that would be okay. This is tens of millions of people are living this existence right now. The old dropping like flies, dying, either being shot, starved to death, dying of disease because when your body gets weak like that and no food, you can't fight off disease. Old people, pregnant women, children, it doesn't matter. Anybody who can't contribute to the system must go. They're dying in droves, and because they're dying in droves and the ones who are still living are starving, they're still not getting the grain quantities Mao wants. Well, stop me if this sounds familiar at all. Mao looks at his dwindling grain quantities, and he doesn't say to himself for one second, man, Maybe this whole thing was a bad idea. This great leap forward is not working out. Guys, that is on me. Do you think that's what Mao said? The system never, ever, ever takes accountability. Mao looked at these grain quantities and said, you know, I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is the sparrows. We have all these sparrows they're out here eating up all the food before it could get. We need to have a war on sparrows. I'm not making this up. You can go find pictures of it to this day. They then mass slaughtered, mass slaughtered the sparrows in China. But here's the problem with that birds eat a lot more than just grain, birds eat insects, birds eat. Locusts and nature has this funny way of filling vacuums. You slaughter an animal's only natural predator, that animal's going to flourish. That's right. These poor freaking people in China, at the lowest moment in their lives, then slaughtered all the sparrows, and then the bugs came. And the bugs came for the crops and wiped out wiped out what was already a dwindling surprise or a dwindling supply it's going away we are talking about already by this point in time all we have are estimates between 20 and 45 million people dead already the country itself being slaughtered And get, this is the wildest part. And stop me if this sounds familiar at all. This is all taking place in the countryside, right? The commies, obviously, the the big shot commies in charge, Mao and his cronies, they're not, of course, going to stay in the countryside. They're in their luxury stuff downtown. Honey, bring me another filet. Well, the communists control... All the means of communication. Not that that will ever happen here in America, but the communists control all the means of communication. One of the craziest things ever is reading the stories about 45 million people starving to death. China just being absolutely, it turned into a wasteland. But the communists are the ones printing the newspapers, making the radio shows. The people in the cities... Don't get me wrong, life's not great for them either, but the people in the cities, they open up the newspaper every day and they read about what a humongous success the Great Leap Forward has been. 
and how wonderful it is for people in the Chinese countryside. People believe complete false realities under communism. They will believe something all the way because it's all they can consume. Because when one thing controls the whole system, then lies are easy to sell, aren't they? Oh, I'm not done yet. We're going to get to this actress getting fired. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Obviously, you guys really love that. Uh, you don't care as much if it's a quote peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if they're celebrating a Biden election. You only care about if it's people that you don't like. So I'm a Bucks fan. I'm damn proud of what they did on Sunday night. And so, in terms of the UK variant, here's what we know: we know, based on all the the evidence, that these vaccines are going to be effective against that. And that's really the, the, the main concern. I mean, we're getting our seniors vaccinated. Uh, we've not seen any data or any evidence to suggest that these vaccines uh, are not effective. And so if we get the seniors vaccinated, we're going to be good. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. If there's data that comes out, not an academic model from Neil. Neil. I love heavy D. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Tomorrow is the day. It is Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And remember, your questions do not have to be political. We screw off on Friday on this show. We answer all your questions, as many as I can get to, all your voicemails, all your emails. They don't have to be political. It could be relationships. We got Valentine's Day coming up. It can be food. It can be anything. Fine. Send it in. If it is political, that's fine. That's totally fine. But we are going to have some fun, and we're going to have Ann Coulter on the show tomorrow just to rub it in Chris's face because he told me I wasn't going to be able to get her. I got her with one text message. <laughs> in your stupid face, Chris. All right, back to China. You want to know how devious communists can be? Uh, Well, let me rewind briefly. 
for those of you who missed a, a show I had done earlier on Mal's beginnings, when Mal was coming up, you remember he did something. He was running a community and told them out of the blue, really, that he wanted he wanted to know if there was anybody else they wanted in charge instead of him and if they had any criticism, criticisms of him. And this was just to flush out his opposition, which he finds out who his opposition is. He promptly grabs the opposition leader and tortures him to death. Well, Mao decides he's going to expand this to an even larger level. Obviously, everything isn't sunshine and rainbows in China, even though the people inside the cities aren't really aware of the mass death yet. The world is starting to wake up by about 1959, but the people inside the cities aren't totally aware yet, but people are starting to get that something's seriously wrong. Mao puts out the nationwide call to the scholars, to the elites in China, and says, I want to hear from you. If you have any complaints about me, about communism, about how we've done any of this stuff, you have any complaints about anything, send me your letters. I want to know about it. That way we can address this problem. So they do. The letters come in in droves. It sounded so sincere. The people were thrilled. What kind of a guy? The, the guy wants our feedback. He cares about what I have to say. Oh, this is awesome. This is great. And people are people are writing letters complaining that the train is late often. I mean, it's, it's anything you can imagine. And they're writing, obviously, bigger letters. Uh, yeah, I'm a little upset that all my relatives are dead. You know, that kind of thing. Except Mao was once again just on a gigantic fishing campaign. You see, all those letters had names and addresses on them. Those names and addresses were all promptly rounded up and murdered by Mao. Like I said, a unique level of evil. Mao right now has a his number two man is a guy, don't worry about remembering these names, and don't you dare lecture me about mispronouncing them. They're freaking Chinese, okay? I'm an American. But Lu Shao Chi, he was Mao's number two guy. And Mao may have been a sadist, but remember, there are human beings with actual hearts and souls, even in evil regimes, who see what's going on and don't know what to do about it. Lu Shao Chi was well aware. Uh, we've we've uh, we've we've starved to death forty five million of our own people. Lu stands up. And gives a speech at a big Communist Party meeting. And he doesn't blame Mao. But he does say, this is a man-made crisis. This is our fault. What's happening is really bad. You really didn't do things like that in front of Mao. You didn't do it. Mao's too popular to just kill. But what Liu Xiaoqi was trying to do was undermine his support. And Mao kind of steps aside for a short time. A couple other guys kind of take over. But Mao is not really out of power. Mao's just sitting back watching and waiting and letting Liu Xiaoqi and his other enemies raise their heads. And then in 1965, Mao puts into place what's called to this day, and I'll do a whole show on this another day. Don't worry about this. What's called the Cultural Revolution. What was the Cultural Revolution in China? 
And keep in mind, remember, this is already a communist nation. He's already purged these people and purged these people and purged the landowners and purged, purged, purged. Millions of people dead. Well, the Cultural Revolution was this. Mao knew that the younger people in China by 1965 were with him. They were vulnerable students who'd been taught a lot about the greatness of communism. They were students who didn't take part in the violent revolution against the nationalists. So these are guys who grew up. Their parents did. They didn't. And young people want to be involved in the fight. Mao thinks it's important for young people to get some blood on their hands in order to be more committed communists. Mao prints something off known as the Little Red Book. It was essentially Mao's own teachings and writings. It gets mass printed, mass produced. It's handed out to all the youth all over China, and they love it. They consume every word of it. They read it. Mao begins training even children for war within his own nation. They believe combat is necessary. These are called the Red Guards. And really, let's just pause for a moment. And by the way, Mao's wife was involved in this. Get this. She was known as the white-boned demon. (laughs) Just an evil human being, even though he hated her guts. It's a very weird relationship. Look, Chris, it's his fourth wife. He's a dirty communist. What what did you think they were going to be close? You think they honeymooned a lot? Anyway. Back to the Red Guards and the youth and communism. Communism, part of the reason it's so awful and yet so successful is communism is excellent at playing on your nature. Playing on the worst of your nature. Playing on the best of your nature. A natural inclination for young people is to rebel, rebel against authority, rebel against your parents. You've done it. I've done it. Yours may have been small. You may have gotten a teardrop tattoo on your face. I don't know, but Lord willing, you didn't go that far, but it's, it's a youthful inclination to rebel. It's not difficult if you're a charismatic leader to get all the youth in a nation to think they have to rebel against Something? Well, you have to give them something, though, right? Well, it's not difficult. Who do you hate when you're young? You hate your teachers. And it's not hard if you're Mao to paint the teachers as these out-of-touch, anti-communist scum who are trying to ruin what Mao has built. Are you students going to let these teachers ruin what we've built together in this country? It's about to get worse before it gets better in China. We'll talk about that and another call for violence. Uh Uh-oh. Hang on. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. 
you're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talked about, SARS, MERS, BIRD, now Corona. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation. Everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, you know, what we're going through right now. And let's just call a spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered, everybody got killed. And that's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us, being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate that I appreciate opportunity, I appreciate anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. That comes from the fact that when a Castro took over everything, and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot it's Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all gotta be kidding me. He had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis. Mm-mm-mm. Who would have thought we'd be turning our lonely eyes to Pitbull for guidance during this time? What, Chris? And look, the guy nails it, man. The guy nails it. This is why, you know... It's going to be interesting as we move forward here. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's going to be interesting as we move forward culturally here in America. Who will step up and who will not? Who will step up, be brave, speak out against the system, speak out against the lies you've been told? Who will be the next counterculture leader or leaders? There are going to be people who step up who shock you. And there are going to be people who shrink who shock you. There are people out there, you're thinking, oh, this guy, I can see him leading the charge. And you'll see him crumble. And there are going to be a lot of people, rappers, pitbull. Willing to speak the truth when others are not. Don't laugh them off. Don't discount them. That's one thing that you and I are going to have to start getting comfortable with, myself included, because, you know, I'm a big exclusivity guy, not inclusivity guy. There's no more overrated thing than inclusivity. I'm an exclusivity guy. We're going to have to start accepting help from wherever it comes. 
We're going to have to avoid nitpicking. Well, this isn't right, and that isn't right, and this isn't right. In the battle against the communists, just ask the nationalists in China. You must accept any and every bit of help you can get because losing is not an option. Ask the 70 million people Mao killed. Back to where we were in the stories. I try to wrap this up here. And I do want you to understand, as I tell you often, I don't tell you it all the time since it's not always the case. Lots of time, but, you know, in doing my history part, I can really nail most of it. Maybe it's something shorter and I had a bunch of stories I want to get to. I can nail most of it. I just did two shows. The other one was last week. If you want to go download it, it's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, or iTunes uh, on Mao. I could do... 20, 30 shows on Mao, on these various things. I'll circle back and do shows on only the Cultural Revolution. I am only hitting the high, high, high marks, and I'm skipping over some high, high, high marks. But Mao's Red Guard, these army of, I mean, essentially brown shirts, start killing teachers, dragging teachers down the hall, locking them in rooms, beating them to death with baseball bats with nails in them. This is when they're not spitting on them, screaming on them, vandalizing their homes. Mao looks around. He likes what he sees out of his red guard and says, well, as long as I've got an army at my fingers, might as well use them. Remember Lu Xiaoqi, Mao's old number two guy who's kind of in charge now, the guy who decided to stand up and criticize Mao? Mao decides he's going to go ahead and take care of that problem, too. You see anybody within the Communist Party of China who was viewed as opposition to Mao at all, Mao sends his Red Guards to them, too, executing them, imprisoning them. Lu Xiaoqi, do you want to know what kind of man Mao is? Lu sent, or Mao sent his number two man, his longtime friend, off to a labor camp to be tortured. Over the course of a year, a year of torture, at the end of which Lu Xiaoqi was a diabetic. Lu Xiaoqi was, well, he had his treatment withheld from him. And so he can die the way a diabetic will die. It's very painful. It's not, it's not a process I'm going to walk you through, but it is not an enjoyable process. Not only did Mao force him to die like this, Mao had a camera set up in his cell so Mao could view his former best friend slowly dying in excruciating pain. 70 million of Mao's own people dead. There's something very important we need to learn about this guy. Hang on, I'll tell you what it is. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, 
your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC. Email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, we want your love, your hate. I want your go-to fast food order. I asked, you delivered. I have a bunch of junk food, fast food orders. I'm going to go into those here. Just I'm going to go into those shortly because this is such a dark, ugly beginning with all this communism stuff. In fact, I'm going to go grab those here in a second. We're going to go through some of that. Gina Serrano, fired. Fired for what? Well, she was fired for not openly campaigning for the communists. That's all. You see, one thing you have to learn, I have to learn. It's hard to wrap my mind around. Communists are all the same. They are all the same because it is a base religion for them. How does that apply? How does what Mao did apply today? I'll explain in just a second. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You want to know? The most striking thing that hits me about Mao's story, I mean, beyond obviously the death and whatnot is how no matter what, no matter what, it was never enough. There was never enough control. Complete power forever in his own country, his own ideology that he always want put, wanted put into place. It was never, ever enough. There always had to be another revolution, another agitation, another purge, another this, another that. It is an ideology that does not rest, and it is an ideology that does not celebrate wins. This actress, Gina Serrano, gets fired. She gets fired. You want to know what she gets fired for? I'll just let's just 
get this out there specifically. She put out a post on her social media that said this, and the the picture in the post is a uh, a Jewish woman, bloodied, beaten. Uh, clearly, she's had her clothes ripped off, and she has kids running behind her with clubs. And the post said, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Quote, this is a quote in there, because history is edited. Most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighborhoods hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? That was it. That's what she posted. From that point forward, the rage mob came for her. And then Lucas Films of Disney Plus and all that announced last night they fired her for that, for that Instagram post she put up. But what hit me was not the firing. What hit me was immediately afterward, the leftists were calling for someone else's head too, not just hers. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand how these people think yet? The communists didn't come for another one and get one and sit back and say, Woohoo! Yeah! Victory, baby! Let's go get a beer! Let's get a beer! We got Gina! All right! That's what you would do. That's what I would do. A little win, a little accomplishment. Let's go get a Bud Heavy, celebrate. They don't think like that. They're only worried about the next fight at all times. That's why the right gets so worn down because the left never, ever, ever sleeps. The cultural Marxists in this society who run every institution now, every single one, they don't rest. They're never happy. They didn't they don't care that they got Gina Serrano. She is one step in the next 10,000 they want to take. They're only worried they haven't gotten you yet. That's how these people think. And that is hard to accept about your fellow man, and it's hard to accept because of what it means for you. Nobody likes to be told you're now going to be in a status a state of constant readiness. You always have to be on, always have to be on your guard, always have to be advancing because these people will not stop. But I'm telling you, these people will not stop. They're never going to stop. Mao never stopped. It never even occurred to Mao to stop. All the power in the world, you know what I need? Another revolution. Another purge. You know what? We haven't purged them yet. Ooh, let's do a good purge there. They don't think about what they've taken ever. They only care about what they haven't taken. A communist can look at a hundred people standing in line and convert 99 of them to communism. All they'll see is the one they missed. That's how communists think. They only see what they haven't taken yet. I'm trying to get this point home to you, to everybody on the right, what we are facing. This is not a friendly game of Democrats versus Republicans. We are now facing cultural Marxists. How did they get here? Well, remember, our, our old buddy Yuri told you exactly how they got here while we were all dead asleep at the wheel. 
Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, активные мероприятия in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it. He will refuse to believe it. This is where we are now. Once you get this ideology ingrained in enough people, you can't get it out. And we have to get it out. And we don't even seem serious now about getting it out. We are... We're losing. Biden announces Pentagon-China task force to review U.S. strategy. Uh, you know what this is, right? You know exactly what this is. As Biden, as I told you yesterday, they just pulled back on a Trump-era rule, forcing people to disclose if they have communist China ties in education. Biden gets into office and removes that. Why do you think Joe Biden removed that? Why do you think you're constantly running into links between the communists in China and the Democratic Party of the United States of America? Why do you think that is? Because they're all working towards the same goal. This Pentagon China thing, do you know what this is? This is one of these, we're looking into it, it's a government commission thing. To give him cover. Do you know that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, still has not divested from a Chinese investment firm with ties to the communists in China? Did you know that? Did you know that it wasn't just an internet rumor? Hunter Biden 
did ride on Air Force Two with his father to China. And while Joe Biden got off the plane to go cut trade deals with China, his son went and got a corrupt business deal over there. Did you know that? And now these people are in charge. We are in trouble. We are going to now screw off for a couple minutes and talk about your fast food orders. That's what we're going to do, Chris. We have to. That was too dark. And we have podcast reviews. We got Brandon Darby coming up in the last hour. Gosh, it's going to be sweet. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. producer Chris and I are doing the best we can not to go all in on heavy D Ron DeSantis in Florida because he's just he's just killing it right now every time he is killing it so bad you know what Chris play it again play it again I want to hear Ron DeSantis when he's asked about people celebrating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not wearing a mask here's heavy D the media is worried about that, obviously. You guys really love that. Uh, you don't care as much if it's a, quote, peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if they're celebrating a Biden election. You only care about if it's people that you don't like. boy, a boy. <laughs> but let me warn you about something. Before we get to, we're going to get to your podcast reviews, your emails about your favorite fast food order. I'm going to get to all that, but let me just say this. Four years is a long time. Don't ever fall in love with a politician, ever. There are only men. Don't fall in love with a pastor or rabbi. Don't fall in love with anybody, any one man. They're all flawed and failed. Everybody has flaws but me, Chris. What? And seriously, don't fall in love with a man. And remember this. As he becomes more and more of a threat, And the way he conducts himself is the ultimate threat to the left. As he becomes more and more of a threat, the most vicious people on the planet are going to focus on him. They are going to come for Ron DeSantis. And they're going to come hard for Ron DeSantis. Be ready for it. They're going to dig stuff up on him. They're going to make him look like the Antichrist. The system 
is going to try to destroy that human being because of how he conducts himself. You and I will not fall for it. We will not fall for it. We will not give in. We're not going to do that thing where everyone around is saying it. It must be true. We're not going to destroy our guy because the system insists we destroy our guy. Understand? We're never playing those games. Ever. They wouldn't do it. All right. I've told you before. The pod, there's a podcast of the show. Chris, it's the show's not a podcast. It's a national, nationally syndicated radio show. Not to brag. It's a, it's a nationally syndicated radio show, but Chris podcasts every show. So if you miss it, listen whenever. It's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and it's on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review discussing how handsome I am. This one's titled Great Sombrero Shogun. Yay for the Great Sombrero Shogun on Locals. That's right. I started a Locals account. Since purging other social media, I've been missing his prickly comments. I listen and learn every day. He's your daddy telling you the truth even if it hurts. <laughs> now this one, man, this guy went all in. Listen up before the system censors him. As a professional and former military officer with many years of higher education, Having multiple degrees and certifications, I thoroughly enjoy the daily history lessons from this handsome Marine and community college dropout, sometimes known as Sombrero Jesse. First of all, I didn't drop out, all right? There were some issues with algebra. It was political. I don't want to go into it. I just had to keep dropping algebra. It's fine. Thanks to this tremendously good-looking, very failed former political candidate, I I now know how to cook the world's greatest cheeseburger. However, the Shogun seems unaware that the best way to prepare a steak is in a cast iron skillet with Montreal seasoning and yee? G-H-E-E? What is that, Chris? It's light clarified butter, but better. I've never even heard of this stuff. Are you serious? Is it good? Is it kosher? You don't even know, Chris. You know what? You don't even know. Don't, Don't pretend like you know. If this is un- if this is unnat if this unnaturally tall drink of water ever visits Lower Appalachia, I challenge Mr. Steele to an ordering duel at a restaurant neither of us has visited or researched, or to be judged to be judged by a panel of blind taste tester taste testers. I will out order the oracle. No, you will not. No, you will not. I am a man of very few talents. I am the greatest restaurant orderer, not in the world, in the history of the world. Nobody has been able to sit down in a restaurant, open up a menu, and find the perfect thing on it as consistently as I have. I have a lifetime of practice. I've never been beaten. I never will be beaten. And you can shake your head all you want, Chris. I go out with people all the time. I'm going to get the, I'm gonna get the fish. I'm going to get the this. And you, you know how often people independently will say, my wife will roll her eyes when they say it because she knows it's coming. They'll say, oh, I should have got what you got. I tell people, order what I order. When we go out, order what I order, and you'll be fine. And this guy finishes with, and props to Jewish producer Chris, the best in the game since Bo Snurdly. That is high praise right there, Chris. Obviously, Bo, the legendary longtime producer of the legend Rush Limbaugh. All right. As you know, we hit the heavy issues on this show. And yesterday... When I discussed going to Taco Bell, I put out the request for your go-to fast food orders. 
And I said yesterday, and you delivered, don't tell me, I get a number one with the Coke. I want details. Tell me what you order. Tell me the sides. Tell me where you go. Allow us to begin at the beginning. I respect this one so much. Sombrero Jesse. My go-to fast food order comes from the superior fast food chain Arby's. 100% true. I don't know if I'll say the superior, but Arby's is so near the top. So underrated. And props to them for a completely different business model. Who else does roast beef? Nobody does roast beef. Arby's nationalized roast beef, baby. I mean, not not that kind of nationalized. Shut up. Anyway. When I'm at Arby's, I order the classic roast beef and cheddar sandwich, a large curly fry, and a large root beer. However, if the mint chocolate shake is available, I will order that instead of my large soda. All right, now hold on. Let's pause here for a moment. She continues, but let's pause here for a moment. One, mint chocolate chip is one of those things. It's one of those things that I never order. It ne- I never get a craving. For, I once, I, I'll have a craving for ice cream, you know, like any red-blooded American. But I'll never go in and order it, ever. But every time I have it, like if it's the only thing available, every single time I say to myself, Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. Why don't I order that more? So why don't I order that more? Chris, do you order mint chocolate chip ever? You do? I need to break. You know what? I'm too set in my ways. I need to start mixing in mint mint chocolate chip. No, I'm serious. What I've become, I've become the the crotchety old man who's too set in his ways. I'm not going to use a cell phone. That's what I am with mint chocolate chip. Because the second she said it, I thought, ooh, I bet that's good. Why don't I ever do that? I will tell you, though, full disclosure, as a young man, I know you all are going to find this very shocking. I would often get a milkshake with my burger and fries because there is, like, no better thing to eat in the world than a milkshake with burger and fries. As I get older, I get too full. I can't do it. See, you're not going to – you're like 12, Chris. You're not going to know about that. At my age now, I get too full. I'm not doing it. All right. My beef and cheddar sandwich is always smothered in their signature Arby's sauce. I support that. The fries get a nice heaping pile of ketchup for dipping purposes. <sighs> I'm going to disagree with you there. Thanks to you, I'm now starving after typing this email. I wish Japan had an Arby's. Looking forward to hearing the other replies on the show tomorrow. Keep doing what you do. Says, P.S., you can read my name on the air if you read this. The name is Sammy Weiss. All right. Um, my problems with the ketchup. I mean, I realize that's very standard. I'm not, I'm not murdering you with it. Arby's curlies are glorious. Arby's curlies get dipped in one of two things. Either ranch, shut up, Chris, or get some of the spready chetty. They'll give you a little cup of the spready chetty they put on the, on the, the, they do, Chris. Yeah, of course. You get a little cup of spready chetty and dip the curlies in there. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're going to ask Clay Martin about killing people and his favorite fast food order in just a second. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. (laughs) 
I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It is a hard, hard-hitting show today. I mean, it was in the beginning when we talked about Mal murdering 70 million people, but now we've moved on to even harder topics. After we discussed Gina Serrano, your go-to fast food orders. In an old 1970s-era Taco Bell building, complete with outside bricked-in arch for Bell, is a local Mexican uh, fast food joint called Maria's Taco Shop. I order a, quote, wet chili verde burrito smothered in verde sauce. That means green in case you don't habla, Chris. What? It's about the size of a normal person's forearm. I'm 6'3", 245 pounds, and I can barely eat the whole thing. But I do. Simply the best chili verde known to man. There's something about verde sauce. There's something about green salsa. It's just simply fantastic. It's fantastic. I, this is why Taco Bell is so great. Mexican food is incredible. Mexican food is incredible, and you can get it so fast. All right, we're moving on here. People ask me a lot where I see this whole thing going. Well, listen. This is where I see it going, the the status of the country itself. People are going to naturally balkanize anyway. People will retreat to their own areas with other people who share their values, and you should. Remember, I'm the one encouraging you to do this. I know it's not possible for everybody. If you can do it, move. Move to a red area. Make it even redder. Fortify your own area, your school board, your city council, run for state rep, run for mayor, run for governor, do these things is necessary. That's where we're going in the short term. People will flee this madness. But I saw this headline and I mean, it really brought it back to me. Biden administration considering domestic travel restrictions, including Florida, as COVID mutation surges, you understand they're almost undoubtedly not going to do this, right? This would be so against the law. It would be frightening. This is what we call one of those trial balloon things. You just kind of float her up there and see what it goes. You see how it's received. But this is how they think. This is how they think. They hate Florida, and it's not because of coronavirus. It's because of Ron DeSantis 
It's because Florida's getting redder. It's because people are fleeing to Florida. People are already balkanizing to places like Texas and Florida. Therefore, they hate Florida. They're not going to let us have wherever we go in the end. I just I want you to understand that. Yes, it is the right thing to do for now. But let me ask you. Do you think Mao would have let all the people who disagreed with him and his policies congregate in one little part of China just because that's how they wanted to live? Do you think Mao would have looked at those people, would have looked at that little province and said to himself, you know, I guess it's fine. I mean, they have their thing, and that's totally fine. They don't want to live under communism. I get it. They can have their thing. It's no big deal. Or do you think Mao would have found a way to take that over too? Yes, you should balkanize. You should. No question about it. Get to a place that shares your values. Make it redder. Fortify it. Preserve it as long as you can for yourself. Preserve it as long as you can for your children. However, don't for one second be under the illusion that's how it ends. That's not how it ends. Communists would never tolerate that. It's, it's actually the main criticism and most valid criticism of my national divorce idea. You know how I talk about it all the time. I do believe it. We don't share common values anymore. That's fine. That's not the end of the world. But there's no reason to be a nation if you don't share common values. Common values are the only reason to have a nation. So I do believe we should split. We should just come together and say, look, we hate each other. It's fine. Let's let's get a divorce. Let's let's figure out how we're going to divide up the assets. Who gets the kids? So on and so forth. Let's let's divide things up. But the main criticism I get of that of my national divorce idea is they're never going to let us go. And that's really so true. It re- it's the main problem with it. They're never going to let you go. They're not going to let you have Texas. They're not going to let you have Florida. They're not going to let you have anything. Communism, a base tenet of it, is it has to be for everyone. You remember after the Russian Revolution, when the communists took over, one of the first things they did, one of the first things they did, they abolished the passports. You can't leave. Oh, strict border patrols, strict checkpoints. Oh, not for, not for people com- coming in, for anybody trying to get out. You cannot be allowed to escape it or it doesn't work. Now, I have played you a lot of Yuri. In case you're wondering where Clay, uh, Clay Martin is, just know our phone system, of course, went down the second we try to call Clay Martin. It's nobody's fault. We'll get it fixed. We're going to try to get a hold of Clay. But you know what? Screw Clay, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. No, we'll get to we'll get to Clay as soon as we get the phones up and running. But since I've been playing that clip for a long time of Yuri Bezmenov, remember Yuri Bezmenov is the the KGB guy, former KGB guy. He defected over here, and we have this one clip of him we play all the time. But as I've encouraged you to do so, it's like an hour and a half on YouTube. There's a ton of great stuff to it, and so for the longest 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 time. I have wanted you 
to hear more. And I decided, you know, in the interest of understanding what we're facing, I'm going to start playing you bigger chunks of it, and I'll stop it throughout to talk about it. But I thought it would be a good day to start that. Chris, go ahead. Same thing was done under the guidance of, of the Soviet embassy in Hanoi, and same thing I was doing in New Delhi. To my horror, I discovered that in the files where people were doomed to execution, there were names of, of pro-Soviet journalists with whom I was personally friendly. Pro-Soviet? Yes. They were idealistically minded leftists who uh, made several visits to USSR, and yet the KGB decided that come revolution or drastic changes in political structure of India, they will have to go. Why is that? Because they know too much. Simply because, you see, the useful idiots, the, the leftists who are idealistically believing in the beauty of Soviet socialist or communist or whatever system, when they get disillusioned, they become the worst enemies. That's why my KGB instructors specifically made the point, never bother with leftists. Forget about these political prostitutes. Aim higher. This was my instruction. Try to get into... into uh, large circulation established conservative media, rich, filthy rich movie makers, intellectuals, so-called academic circles, cynical, egocentric people. Pause here for a second. Any of that sound familiar? Leave the leftists alone because they're going to do your work for you anyway. Focus on conservatives. Focus on movies other media, academia. Any of that sound familiar to you at all? And I loved what he said in the beginning about how the leftists get disillusioned. You see, the KGB knew this. They knew that your loony lefty professor, that he'd push for communism all day long and then complain when he's getting lined up against the wall with the rest of us. That is one thing that's coming, and we're going to play a lot more Yuri. You know what? We're going Yuri heavy here. Hang on a sec. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners.
principles who are either too greedy or too uh, suffer from self-importance. Uh, they feel that uh, they, they matter a lot. Uh, these are the people who KGB wanted very much to recruit. But to eliminate the others, to execute the others, don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be the no, ones they, they rely they on? they serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize a nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. None of that sounds familiar, does it? No. That, that doesn't sound familiar, right? That's certainly not happening here. And I'll tell you, it. there's a good Jesse and there's a bad Jesse. And I know what you're thinking. Ah, oh, Jesse, all of you's bad. And that's for the most part is true. But I do, I have these brief, very, very brief moments where I try to try to figure out what a good person would do and try to relate to that in some way. Good Jesse doesn't like that this is gonna, how it's going to end. But bad Jesse kind of smirks about it because they'll have had it coming. I want you to understand something. All these groups we have now, all these foot soldiers for the left, they're all going to be so screwed in the end. All those communist college professors on their fancy universities with the sweater vest on, teaching the young minds about the greatness of communism and the evil of America. Evil, racist, misogynistic America. They're all toast. Civil rights. He brought up civil rights. Black lives matter. We're going to help black lives defund the police. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna defund the police, burn down American cities. We demand these things because, because we have been oppressed and we're going to right the wrongs of the past. You don't actually think they're going to let you have any power in the end, do you? Are you really that dumb? You're being used. The gay rights groups. Oh, but maybe the leading voice out there, especially in viciousness. Nobody will destroy you like a gay rights group. Nobody will. They'll end you like that. Do you think you're going to be holding any power when it's over? Oh, buddy, you're gone. You're gone. Women's rights? <laughs> oh, trust me, you're all definitely gone. We need equal. There's got to be more women. There's got to be more. You're gone. Bye-bye. Climate change? Do you think these guys who are seizing more and more power, the big tech oligarchs, the guys working with China, do, do you actually think they care about climate change? Do you think they're going to let you, with your hemp skirt on, into the meeting room? Or do you think you're off to the gulag with the rest of us while you're worried about carbon emissions? You're all gone. Absolutely gone. Just remember. Remember this. 
when Pol Pot took over Cambodia, there were 22 leaders, communist central committee members when Pol Pot took over. In very short order, 18 of them were dead. Even the leaders at the top will murder each other to clamor for final power. All these little groups. That's about oppression. It's about women. It's about gay people. It's about the... You're all a bunch of saps being used. And when they're done squeezing every ounce of use out of you, they're going to chuck you in the dumpster with the rest of us. That's how communists operate every single time. They don't change. Jesse, please tell me I'm wrong. I think the Democrats' plan is to push until there is a civil uprising. Closing travel to Florida might do it. That will be their excuse to turn the military on American citizens, creating an American Tiananmen Square. The resulting chaos will necessitate a crackdown and complete federal takeover of the states. Republicans will be arrested and tried in kangaroo courts. The USA and the Constitution will be no more. I'm 73, and I could never have imagined I'd live to see the end of my country. I'm praying I'm wrong. Oh, and you are the H-O-A-T, handsomest of all time. <laughs> she says I can use her name. Her name is Vicky. Well, thank you, Vicky. Look, it's not that I think there's a cabal of Democrats. Joe Biden sitting in there drooling on himself with Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi. And they're, they're all puffing on a cigar and thinking about, man, you know what? We really need civil uprising but there is a general way of thinking our communists have been taught in this country they're taught something and you need to understand this because they just did it for four years and you probably didn't see it i'll explain what that is hang on No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Locals. Locals is the place I can't get kicked off of. So if I get the boot from all the others, that's where you will find me. 
877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And a reminder, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday where we tell a history story and then screw off all day long. Email me your questions. Call live with your questions. Call with a voicemail with your questions. And they do not have to be political. They can be. That's totally fine. But it can be anything. History. Sports. Women. Men. Kids. Food. You know food's always welcome here. All these idiotic fight scenarios that I have to take part in every week, which are awesome. (laughs) Survival stuff. Whatever you want. The week's heavy enough. We have a lot of fun on Friday. All right. What you have to understand about the push for more chaos. Hang on one second. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh my God! Hey, how you doing? Oh my God, Murphy! How you doing? Such a you're having you fun are. with your family. In the meantime, you're having all kind of other bullshit. No, no, I'm not drunk. As a matter of fact, well, you put your mask on. You can go yourself. How's that? Well, I don't need a mask on. You know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing. I like your Trump. I like your Trump. You're right. Guess who Trump likes? He likes my dad. Yeah, yeah, he do- no, he doesn't like your. Oh, he, he does. Thank you. Thank you. It's never gonna stop being funny. I can't help it. What, Chris? We can play it as much as we want. It's still so funny. It's so New Jersey. And see, this is why, like, I've lived all over the country. And you know, I live in the South on purpose. I, I wanted to live in Red America. But this is why I get along so well. With people in the Northeast. That's why the show does so well in the, in the Northeast. Boston, New York, it's why the show does so well up there. Because I'm rude too. And I've known, I have so many friends from New Jersey, and they are all like that. And if you're a sensitive person, you think they're being rude. But New Jersey people are just like that. Oh man, what are you wearing? That looks stupid. You look like an idiot. It's not, it's not being rude. That is just simply telling you how it is. It's the most New Jersey thing ever. Of course they're going to go up and just cuss out their own governor without without a second thought and tell his kids to go screw himself and everything else. I love it. Shout out, by the way, to the great WRKO in Boston as long as we're talking about it. Love that affiliate. All right. One thing we have to understand, because the email was about, you know, do you think they're intentionally pushing us towards civil strife, civil war, that kind of thing? Well, here's the deal. It's not that they are thinking 
sitting around coming up with a plan. Let's, let's go for a civil war so we can do a federal takeover. You are taught in America's horrible anti-American government schools as they're training the next generation and the next generation and the next generation of Democrat activists. And then once you get even slightly involved in Democrat politics, they really push this thought, chaos is good. You don't always have to control it. You don't always have to have some end plan in mind, some some gigantic devious scheme. You don't have to know that. You just know whenever you're causing chaos and misery, it is good for our cause. Communists have always understood that. The more starvation, death, misery, chaos out there, the better it is for us. Remember, I went on this show and I told you in the summertime that all this unrest, the coronavirus lockdowns, the St. George Floyd riots, all these things, they were going to end up hurting Donald Trump. And people screamed at me. They screamed at me. They said that this is the Democrats' fault. The Democrats are doing this. Yes, but the average person doesn't necessarily know that. The average person looks to the guy on top. That's how it works. The guy on top gets saddled with it. It was Donald Trump's economy that tanked. It was Donald Trump's cities that burned in the minds of so many people. Democrats have always understood chaos and and anarchy and just violence. It is their friend. Peaceful, happy, prosperous people would never in a million years choose communism. The communists know this. Therefore, they will do whatever they have to do to create just insanity. So it's not as if they, I believe they have some plan for a federal takeover. I don't believe that. It could be right. I, who knows? I'm not in the meetings. But all they know is they're working towards the appropriate goal. Like if you're trying to get back in shape, if you're, you're getting fat, you're out of shape, looking down, little, little, little cupcake going over the old waistline there. All right, you're going to get back in shape. Do you know you have to do this every day or have to do, you have to lift weights. You have to do yoga. You have to get on your bike. You have to do, no, you know, as long as you're moving and eating well, you are working towards the goal you eventually want. That's just a fact. Everyone knows that. When you're getting back into shape, I didn't have time to do this and that today. I think I'll uh, take the stairs at work. I've got 15 minutes. I think I'll go walk around the block 10 times as I do it. You don't have to have a specific goal in mind to know you're heading in the right direction. Any chaos, anything like that is good for Democrats. People loved that Shackleton story we did the other day, Chris. What a sweet story. What was that, Wednesday? Or was that yesterday? Was that yesterday? Was that Wednesday or Tuesday? Uh, we did a, a story on the greatest survival story ever, Shackleton. I got this one. Hi, Jesse. When I heard your show opening about the greatest survival story, I thought, that's easy, Shackleton. But I doubt Jesse, being an American, has ever heard of him. Then a few minutes later, I heard you say a man named Ernest Shackleton, and my respect and fondness for you went from his enormous to stratospheric. Note, I am a straight, red-blooded female, thus my fondness. <laughs> 
uh, the uh, AKA the boss to his men. That's right. People's uh, Shackleton's men all called in the boss. She says she found him 25 years ago and ended up traveling to Antarctica and Cambridge, UK to see the original James Card or Caird. I'm saying the name wrong. The James Caird is the boat he took with his men from Elephant Island over to South Georgia Island. On that, I forget what the number was, 800,000-mile journey over the stormiest stretches in the lifeboat. They kept the boat. You can go see the boat. It's in Cambridge. How cool is that? Anyway, goes on, talks about the book, uh, The Endurance, and how great the book was, and how great I was, and that's really why I wanted to read it. What, Chris? What? All right. Jesse, wise and powerful Shogun Supreme. Been wanting to email you for a while, finally getting to it. First, love the show, the history, the politics, great format. So I'm with you. I didn't watch any football this year, and it pained me. I legitimately watched four games a week last year. If NFL was playing, I was watching. I also have kids, and my 10-year-old daughter came up to me last week and asked if we were going to watch the Super Bowl. She said all the kids at school were talking about it, so we watched. I don't want to make my kids miserable out of spite from my politics. Same with taking the kids to Disney World this summer. Yeah, they're horrible leftists, but I want my kids to have good childhood memories, which brings me to my question. I started thinking a lot about these woke companies. I own small pieces of. There's probably a lot of people like me. Is there some way we could pool our shares and appoint proxies at these meetings to get some conservative representation on the boards? Maybe that company that gives to conservative political candidates has the capability to initiate something like this. He's talking about Mammoth Nation. Thanks for reading. You can ball this up and throw it away now. Well, first let's begin at the beginning. The Super Bowl. You watched it. You watched it with your kid. This is why I told you beforehand, I'm not judging you. I don't ever judge you. And, and understand, it's not because I'm a good person. It's because I know I'm a terrible person. I can never judge anybody. I have more screw-ups and sins and mistakes in my life than you'll than any of you. The million people listening will ever pile up combined. I've done it all. I've done it worse. And I'm not judging any parent, any person who chooses to watch the Super Bowl. I, I've failed at being purposeful a thousand times with how I spend my time and my money. I've failed so I can't scold you and look down my nose at you when you fail. And I get it. Ten-year-old daughter comes up. Look, neither of my sons, sadly, like football, so I didn't have that, but my 10-year-old comes up to me, Dad, you, can we watch the Super Bowl together? I'm probably going to be all, uh, okay, maybe for a minute. You know, It's, it's going to be hard. The Disney thing, that we have to talk about. Give me one sec. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. 
Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The reality is, is that if you look at the president's remarks on January 6th, it's conventional political rhetoric that people have been using since time immemorial. If we want to talk about incitement. Let's talk about the fact that during the riots all summer long, when police officers were being violently attacked, leading Democrat officials were accusing police officers of being institutionally racist, of targeting people based on skin color, and of being, frankly, as a result of that, immoral. That was insightful language. Gotcha. The president's speech was encouraging people to go through the Democrat process, to hold gotcha. votes in Congress, and to behave peace- peacefully at Steve. all times. Oh, man. What a joke this impeachment is. In case you're wondering why I haven't been hammering away at impeachment, let me uh, let me spoil it for you. I'm not doing that. Everyone knows the outcome. This thing is a colossal waste of time. We have much, 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 much bigger fish to fry in this country. A sham impeachment about a guy or for a guy who's not even in office anymore is the biggest waste of time. It's not important. And I don't care how many people within the D.C. Beltway seem to think it's really, really important. It's still not. Nobody cares. I don't care. And frankly, I don't care if you care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, taking your kids to Disney. Let me just say this. I'm not going to be a world-class hypocrite right now. I have taken my two sons to Disney World. I have done it. It was three, four years ago. It's not like Disney was great back then either. I've done it. I'm not telling you not to do it. I would have no right to do that. I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world. However, they did just fire somebody on the right last night simply for being on the right. They didn't fire her for that Instagram post. They fired her because she was on the right. They'd been calling for her firing forever. They started calling for her firing as soon as she wouldn't put her gender pronouns in her social media bio. I'm not joking. It's true. Are you going to pay him for that? Are you going to pay them for that? We have got to be more purposeful. I do too. I'm not lecturing you. We have got to be more purposeful. We just do. But his question about can we start getting a small, you know, foothold in some of these big companies? No. 
No, we cannot. They, they are you. Sometimes things get beyond salvage, and as Americans, you know, with our Christian base in this country, we don't like to say anything's beyond salvation, right? It goes against the base religion of our culture. But there are things, not people, but there are things that are beyond salvation. The American education system, especially the college system, is not, it's not salvageable. There's nothing good left in it. The whole thing must be raised to the ground. These gigantic corporations who've gone hard left, they cannot be saved now. They cannot be saved because insane cultural Marxism has been institutionalized. It's simply part of their culture. Now it's who they are. It's what they are. It's what they do. People understand this. I've, I've done shows on this before. I did a show one time where I said the three most dangerous world words in the English language today are corporate social responsibility. They have meetings now. You and I like to imagine you know, that right now at some major bank or something, they're in a meeting and everybody's in a suit and tie and the ladies are in their business suits and someone is standing up at the front with charts and graphs and, and these profits here, we have to trim our overhead here and what do our third quarter stats look like? You like to imagine that's what they're doing. Oh, and they're doing that some of the time. But I want you to understand this. The most powerful people in the most powerful corporations in the United States of America, yeah, they gather in that room with the suits and the ties and everything else, and somebody ordered donuts and so on and so forth. They gather in that room, though, and they have conversations of, have we run, have we run enough LGBTQ ads this year? We have an obligation to run some LGBTQ ads. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, Bob, what's the status? You were supposed to be an analysis on if we've done the appropriate amount of Black Lives Matter advertising. What is our Black Lives Matter advertising schedule? You know we have a responsibility to do so. Does anybody does anybody know if we have the, the rainbow cereal box ready to go? We got to do that this year. Hey, Tammy, Tammy, I had heard, I had heard that somebody they did an analysis of all our TV commercials and found that we had underrepresented Asian people by one percent. If that's true, let's make sure going forward we overrepresent Asian people by one per- You think I'm making this up. This is happening across the United States of America. Government institutions are doing this as well. Huge. The biggest counties in the United States of America, the biggest cities in the United States of America, they have meetings like this all the time. This sounds like insane stuff your idiot kid would be doing in his sociology class at some crazy university. No, it's so ingrained now. This is the culture. Insanity, cultural Marxism is the culture now. The corporations cannot be saved. They cannot be. Now, I don't know, speaking of more purposeful, I don't know that I would be totally against somebody with the ability and know how to do so. I'm not this person gathering up a conservative, if you, if you want to call it right, Republican, libertarian, whatever you want to call it, investing group 
that specifically fines companies that are still patriotic. And that's only where the, you'll invest their money. You know, you bring them, you know, $50. Chris would, of course, bring them $5. But you bring them $50 and say, invest my money, but only invest my money in companies that will, yes, make money, because no one's going to invest in a money loser. But invest my money in companies that will make money, but companies that love America. And divest yourself from companies that hate America. And look, I need to do that, too. I need to be more purposeful about that, too. I'm just as guilty. I can't stress this enough. I'm not lecturing anybody, nor am I qualified to do so. But, I mean, look. Power, patriotism, and 1.4 billion people. How China beat the virus and roared back. Do you want to know where that headline ran? That headline ran in the largest newspaper in the United States of America, the New York Times. In the years since the coronavirus began its march around the world, China has done what many other countries would not or could not do. With equal measures of coercion and persuasion, it has mobilized its vast Communist Party apparatus to reach deep into the private sector and the broader population in what the country's leader, Xi Jinping, has called people's war against the pandemic and won. It gets worse as you read through the article. I can't stress this enough. This is not a tiny Marxist student newspaper at Pepperdine. This is the largest newspaper in the United States of America openly campaigning on behalf of the communists. They are here. They are in control of our most powerful institutions, and many of these institutions simply cannot be saved. They are beyond salvage. We have to recognize them, leave them aside, stop supporting them, start focusing on ourselves. This is the way. Joe Biden's doing stuff at the border. Brandon Darby knows everything about the border. We're bringing him on next to talk about it. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Joining me now to break down 
cartels, the border, the disaster, and everything else going on in the country. Guy who knows more about Mexico and cartels than anyone I've ever known with the Cartel Chronicles, Brandon Darby. Brandon, first of all, I know you're not a heavily partisan guy, certainly not a communist, but not a heavily partisan guy. You're happy to criticize Republicans when they deserve it. Joe Biden, give me the straight skinny. How's he doing so far on illegal immigration? Is he okay? Is he a disaster? How is it? Well, I mean, I think it's it's a disaster. But in oh. his defense, I think I think they've all been disasters. Um, you know, I think Trump did the most to curb illegal immigration. Um, but I think in general, you know, our government does a horrible job at it. We're kind of caught between, you know, trying to not look bad and trying to to not be monsters or come across as monsters while also realizing we have to secure the border. And and I think Biden's policies are causing more people to come to our border. What policies? Well, first off, uh, he's indicated that he's going to to legalize, right, and pass the citizenship for the people who are here uh, illegally. Uh, Whether you like that or dislike that, whether you agree with that or don't agree with that, uh, the simple fact of the matter is, is that when you say that, when you say that, hey, if you're, when you say, hey, if you're in the U.S. long enough, then you are going to become a U.S. citizen and be entitled to everything that U.S. citizens are entitled to. When you say that, it is going to encourage more people to come, um, like across the board. When he when he ends agreements with Guatemala to hold, uh, you know, to hold uh, people seeking asylum, when he's uh, doing the same with Mexico and and talking to Mexico about ending MPP and having having uh, migrants who come here for asylum no longer stay in Mexico but now stay in the U.S. and get released into U.S. communities that is going to encourage you to come, right? Like if you were in Central America, your life is horrible. You live in a very dangerous place. You don't have economic opportunities. You have kids and you say, wait a minute, if I go to the United States and I request asylum, they're going to make me stay in Mexico until my asylum case is heard years later. That's just as bad there as it is where I'm from. So I'm not going to go. If, if, and I'm not going to get into a situation where I owe $10,000 or $5,000 to a cartel. Um, if, if somebody says, hey, I'm, I can go to the U.S. and they're going to catch me, and then I'm just going to be released into the United States, and there's resources there to help me, and I get to stay, and if I stay long enough, I'm going to get to legally stay and become a citizen, and my kids are going to, all of my, the offspring, my kids, their kids, and their kids are going to be U.S. citizens with all the, the opportunity that affords, you're going to come, right? It's just that simple. It's, it's, uh, it's just math. Um, and so the tone and, and uh, allowing migrants to stay in the U.S. is, is going to have that impact. And I think we're already seeing that impact. CBP began to prepare for uh, a surge of migrants uh, because of the belief that there were going to be changes in policy. And I think that we're we're already starting to see that impact. I think people are like, hey, like, there's a greater chance that I'm going to have a successful migration att- attempt if I irregularly enter the U.S. Uh, Brandon, what's this story I saw you put up about a military helicopter being attacked? Wait, what? Yeah, so, so I think a lot of people, um, 
You know, that particular story is about a military helicopter in Nuevo Leon was attacked by by a cartel, a drug cartel. But I think a lot of Americans don't realize that much of Mexico, especially along our border, when there are routine police actions against drug organizations, it isn't federal agents in suits or it isn't uh, local police or it isn't a few cops and cop cars who go out to, to enforce the law. They have to send in their Marines. They have to send in their Army or their Marines to enforce laws against drug cartels because they are paramilitary organizations, right? They have heavy weaponry, and, and they, they're paramilitary organizations, and they control territory, right? So it's, what we see in Mexico, especially many places along our southern border, is actually more akin to what you would see in war, right? or in an insurgency than, than, than a criminal justice matter, right, than a law and order matter. Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that. And some people will go to places like Tijuana or they'll go to other places along the U.S.-Mexico border, usually on the western side, and they're like, I went to the border and it was fine, or I went to El Paso and it was fine. And it's like, well, um, you know, a lot of places along our border, you know, it's true that there are some places along our border that are fine, and it's also true that there are places that are, very akin to an active insurgency, you know, where they have armored vehicles and they have rocket propelled grenades and they have, you know, the, these are the type, the, the type of weaponry that's being used uh, in the fight, the government fighting against these paramilitary drug cartels. Yeah. Brandon, I don't, I'm trying not to be too doom and gloom about everything at the moment, although I don't see a ton to look forward to. Mexico seems so hopeless. I, I, I saw, obviously, another journalist getting killed down there. It just seems so hopeless. And I love Mexico. Like, everybody knows I love Mexico. I love the people. I love the food. I think, the, I think it's a great vacation spot. I love it. It seems completely hopeless. I, I don't feel that way about Mexico. I, I struggle with bouts of that. Well, I, I do feel that way, but, but most of the time I don't feel that way, like in my core. I really think that eventually it's going to be okay, um, and I think that the, the 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 steps toward making it okay um, have to do with doing what we're doing right here, which is you know ten years ago we weren't talking about cartels, right? Really, ten years ago we weren't really talking about the border, um, and I think that over time the more that people understand what is occurring there, the less and less it's going to be able to occur, right? It, what what happens in Mexico can only happen in darkness. It can't happen when the light is, is shining on it. And as long as, as people like you, as long as people like me keep writing about it, and as long as companies like Breitbart keep putting resources into writing about it, and as long as people like you keep having us on uh, to talk about it, and bring, you're, you're using your platform to bring attention to it. And more and more Americans are starting to use their platforms to bring attention to it. So I think, I think that we have a, we have a unique opportunity as, as U.S. citizens uh, because people in Mexico do care, like the leadership in Mexico, they do care what we see and what we know. So I, I really think that what we're doing now, shining light on it, are, it's really the first step toward it being okay. I think the day will come when Mexico will be okay. Oh, I really gosh. do believe that. Do you? Am I wrong in loving the Mexican people in the country itself? Is that, is that a weird thing? You're a lot more familiar with it than I am. I just have always enjoyed it. I, I enjoy the music. I like the beer. I like it all. I enjoy, you know, there's so many different, it's kind of like coming to the U.S. and you say, well, 
you know, I was in Paris one time and this guy started arguing with me about the U.S. and how we have no culture. And I'm like, what do you mean the Cajuns in southern Louisiana and East Texas have no culture? Like, there's so many different cultures, right? But, but in general, I, I really do appreciate most aspects of the cultures that I encounter in Mexico. I think they're, um, you know, and, and that, that, that includes the people who come here, right? Like from Central America and Mexico. Like I, on an individual level, I completely sympathize and empathize with them. I understand why they come. Oh, yeah. I also understand why we can't just have the whole world show up here, right? And that that's not fair to our taxpayer, to our workers. And, and uh, I understand all the different sides of that, that coin, the both sides of that coin. Uh, but on an individual level, like, uh, you know, I, I think that most of those people are probably pretty good people. And, and most of the people I meet in Mexico are really good people. They just live in a situation without law and order. Um, and we have to be careful as a country that, that we do not become that, right? Like law and order has to matter. And we have some aberrations of that and some, but, but for the most part, we do have law and order and they don't. And that's the difference. You know, you and I have 911 we can call, um, when something is wrong and they don't because the police work for the cartel and you and I have the FBI and other agencies and the Texas Rangers to investigate police. If they do work for the drug dealer, right? They don't. So they don't have the, the law and order that we have. And so in the process of trying to be humane and nice and be good people, we have to make sure that we don't do that so much that, uh, that we cross into not having law and order ourselves because then we become them. Brandon Darby, everybody, go read his stuff, everything he writes. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you as always. Thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna play that Yuri clip for you again. You need to listen to it. Hang on. In English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. under the guidance of, of the Soviet embassy in Hanoi and same thing I was doing in New Delhi. To my horror I discovered that in the files where people were doomed to execution there were names of, of pro-Soviet journalists with whom I was personally friendly. Pro-Soviet? Yes. They were idealistically minded leftists who uh, made several visits to USSR and yet the KGB decided that come revolution or drastic changes in political structure of India, they will have to go. Why is that? Because they know too much. 
simply because you see the useful idiots the the leftists who are idealistically believing in the beauty of soviet socialist or communist or whatever system when they get disillusioned they become the worst enemies that's why my kgb instructors specifically made the point never bother with leftists forget about these political prostitutes aim higher this was my instruction try to get into into uh, large circulation established conservative media rich filthy rich movie makers intellectuals so-called academic circles cynical egocentric people who can look into your eyes with angelic expression and tell you a lie these are the most recruitable people people who lack moral principles who are either too greedy or too uh, suffer from self-importance uh, they feel that uh, they they matter a lot uh, these are the people who KGB wanted very much to recruit. But or, to eliminate the others, to execute the others, don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be no, the ones they, they rely they on? They serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize a nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. He's laying it out for you. Dear Steel Oracle, the maestro, what, Chris? The maestro of the microphone the savvy shogun, and the suave sombrero. I have the greatest Whataburger order known to man. I don't get it often because it is pricey, but when my birthday rolls around, I go all out. <laughs> he even capitalizes all out. I love you guys. The order. Whoa. Triple meat, triple cheese. Remove the veggies. I'm not a rabbit. I don't do salad. Add grilled onions and grilled jalapenos. Oh my gosh, I'm getting this order today. Remove the mustard. Add creamy pepper sauce. Substitute American cheese. Well, hold on. Oh, with smoked cheddar. I've only done this once and it was as magical as your personality and devilish good looks. <laughs> regular bun. Substitute regular bun with Texas toast. What a size the fries and Dr. Pepper. Polish that off with the chocolate shake. Good grief. Unless the coffee shake ever comes back. Thank you for my time. Thank you for your time. You can read my name on the air. His name is Buck. Um, Buck, you know how I always crumple up the stuff, the emails and the news stories and stuff like that when I'm done? You know what you don't hear me doing right now? You don't hear me crumpling this up. Do you want to know why you don't hear me crumpling this up? Would you like to know why? Because I have different plans for this email. Listen closely, everybody. You ready for this? You listening? That was me taking a picture of the email. Now I will crumple it up because I am driving right to Whataburger when this show is over, and I'm ordering that. My word. Creamy pepper sauce. You genius. Taco Bell order here. Remember... So ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow, and we'll accept your fast food orders then too. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
or you can call 877-377-4373. You can leave a voicemail. If you don't catch us live, we'll play it on the air. Try try to avoid as many cuss words as possible. I don't expect you to be a saint. We will, as you have heard, we will edit out. I, this is not a podcast. It's national radio. So I have to edit things out. But look, if you got a vent, go ahead and vent. We'll beep. We'll beep. Just do the best you can. Okay? It's a family show. Like I've told you a thousand times, I will never, ever, ever do a show you have to turn off when your kids are in the car. I do not do that because I'm a good person. I'm a bad person. I do that because I have sons and I have an entire lifetime now, 10, 12 years. It's how old they are of having to monitor what they watch because I'm so sick of everything being not kid-friendly anymore. You can't turn on anything and have anything be enjoyable and something you watch for your kids. I'm tired of watching the Indiana Jones movies for the 10,000th time. I just am. All right. Two chalupas with ground beef, no sour cream, add nacho cheese. One crunch weapon supreme. I think he means crunch wrap supreme. Add nacho cheese. One nacho supreme. You know what? The chalupa is underrated, Chris. It is good, isn't it? Do they still have a chalupa? Oh, gosh. No, Whataburger. I got to go to Whataburger. Hang on. We're not quite done. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Remember, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday tomorrow. I'm so excited. I wish we could do it right now, Chris, but then that wouldn't actually be Friday. So I guess it doesn't work, but I want to. I want to. We're not done yet. Dear or great handsome oracle, my fast food order at Donnie's Steakhouse, also known as McDonald's, Big Mac, no onions. Add extra cheese and extra special sauce. I was not aware you could do this until recently. Game changer. Adding another slice of cheese and just sloppy amounts of sauce on the Big Mac. Oh, yeah, Chris. Large fry. Use the large drink lid for my mountain of ketchup. Half cut tea. 
Most importantly, with light ice, can't forget the two apple pies for a dollar. Most underrated deal in fast food. Keep on keeping on, brother. <laughs> I love you guys. Let's have some fun tomorrow. That's all. Jesse Kelly show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. 
Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time